It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb, Eric, and Sean. Listen in as your hosts discuss the two Exorcist prequels. Turn to cover the last of these extras movies, at least until that new one comes out. Which I, th- I think it was this year that it's supposed to come out. Do, do you guys remember that? No. Guess I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Uh... I remember I found out like right, maybe it was during our first recording. I found out that they were putting out a reboot this year. Oh, a reboot as opposed to a sequel. Boo. Yeah, I don't know all the details, but I think it's from the same guy who directed that Halloween reboot. Rob Zombie? No, no, the the, the more recent one. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. God, could you imagine if Rob Zombie directed an extras movie? Oh my god. Actually, I would see that. I would watch that. I My curiosity. Yeah, that's that's how I am. I, I don't really like any Rob Zombie movies, but I just keep watching them for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, he's a little bit masturbatory, but there's something so artful about it that I just... Anyway. Yeah, Dominion and Exorcist the Beginning. Talk about masturbatory that uh, the studio put out two of basically the same movie, like a year apart. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I I have questions. And, you know, I had the Blu-rays, and these questions probably could have been answered by listening to the commentaries on the Blu-rays, but ain't nobody got time for that. Um... So, why did they remake it? Well, uh, it started with, um, well, I, I would say it started with Paul Schrader, but it actually started with someone else. Um, uh, there was another famous director that they brought on to do it, but then he died, and so he couldn't finish the movie. But Paul Schrader came in, he basically told the studio, like, you know, I want to make like a really different type of horror movie, a lot more kind of thoughtful and laid back. <laughs> the studio was all for it, until they saw, like, the first... Uh, rough draft and they were like this is terrible Paul Schrader you're out the door we're bringing in Rennie Harlan to at first just do reshoots for the movie mm-hmm. to make it a little bit more horrific but he he basically decided to throw out the whole movie and completely reshoot it so good idea almost like Joss Whedon with the Whedon cut of Justice League recently huh. Sean's, Sean's favorite yeah, you you may as well have just spoken a different language just then when you mentioned anything having to do with the Marvel or DC universe. But. That's fair. <laughs> uh, well, Rennie Harlan uh, did a good job. I think he his movie was really good. Um, I mean, it wasn't as good as like say Exorcist three, but I mean, if we were going to rank these, it would be in the top three. Uh, is this is this parody here? Or- we're talking about Exorcist the beginning. Is that the one we're talking about? That's that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, okay. I like 
Oh my god. Well, yes, this is going to be very uh, contentious. <laughs> Wait, Paul Schrader is the... the uh, he was first. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. You, you just explained it. Yeah, I liked it. No, no. Hey, hold on. So Paul Schrader, he directed the first original that was abandoned, but... Exorcist: The Beginning was released at theaters first. Yes, and then the uh, the abandoned Schrader cut was retooled and released in two thousand five, a year later after The Beginning. So Dominion was filmed first, but came out second. Yeah, it was filmed first, but it wasn't completed because yeah. um, they just abandoned it. But after The Beginning came out, it was a gigantic failure. Uh, Morgan Creek was like, "Oh fuck, what are we going to do to try to recoup this money?" Uh, let's throw $30,000 at Paul Schrader, you know, lock him up in a dungeon with uh, this editor, and see what they can crank out to try to make some money back, which they are both colossal failures, so they didn't. <laughs> they just lost more money. <laughs> well, but they... It wasn't a colossal failure when I was looking at the numbers, but it was a failure. But uh, So which one, Sean, were you just talking about that you liked? Uh, the Rennie Harlan one. The one that was released in theaters. And I was. They were both in theaters. It's just that one yeah. came out first. In oh, theaters. okay. I'm sorry. Uh, that 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 that's what confused me because I was when I I watched Dominion first. I'm sorry. No, I watched uh, the beginning first. That sounded weird. And I'm like, this was. Why did they remake this? It's perfect. And then I started watching Dominion. And I'm like, oh my god, this is a terrible remake. But that makes oh sense my now. God. Yeah, I, I was like, whoa. Oh, this is interesting. This is very interesting. So I haven't seen. Dominion, but wait I know a minute. What Sean did. You haven't seen the movie? I've seen the beginning. Okay. <laughs> this is our first. Yeah, now I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, actually, this is our first. Um, oh, God. I saw the movie that came out in 2004. That's what I watched today. But okay. you're saying you like the movie that came out in 2005. That I have not seen. No, I like oh, the the, Henny, the Remy Harlan one is the one that I like. That's the one that came out in two thousand four. Okay, and it's called Exorcist: <laughs> The Beginning. Yeah, that's the one that I like. And it had the the Bond chick from Goldeneye. That's how you know. Oh, that's her. Yeah, and it had that weird British dude. Oh, from... well, hopefully, if you're talking about the right movie, it is. <laughs> Wait, so Eric, you didn't watch Dominion? Correct. Oh, we can't. Oh, I thought that you had watched one of them, and then you found out right before, earlier today, a few hours ago. No, I thought. No, no, no. I thought we were just gonna do uh, this whole time. I mean, since a week ago or whatever. I thought we were only watching the beginning and talking about that one. Okay, which one? Who? Who? Okay, which which chick from Goldeneye is it? Is in it? The Bond girl from Goldeneye, not Natasha on top. Uh, the one who has the yeah Natalia something. Does she play the doctor? Yes, the less violent one. Yeah, she plays the doctor. She was the doctor in the beginning. Okay, all right, uh, that's good. The the woman who played the doctor in Dominion is absolutely terrible. Oh Fucking... wow! Yeah, <laughs> me and you are just some complete loggerheads here because I one hundred percent disagree. I think the one in Dominion is terrible. Or a uh, fuck, <laughs> this is so confusing. I think the one in the beginning is terrible. Really? Yeah, I, was I like, didn't oh, think she was terrible. I I didn't have too many thoughts about her. Well, let me let me correct here. I thought she was totally fine playing the doctor. I thought during the exorcist scenes she was terrible, playing the demonic version. 
Okay, I, yeah, it wasn't the best. I mean, she wasn't Linda Blair, but it, she was better than the other demon in the other movie. That guy was just Whoa, Hold on. Okay, I'm going to make it worse. So, <laughs> even though I really like the classic 70s ones, I, I know there's different actresses playing Reagan when she was possessed. I was never fond of her possessions, Reagan specifically, in either of the original Exorcist movies. It didn't hurt my liking of the original Exorcist, but I never thought she was particularly good. And so when you say this doctor was subpar in the beginning, I feel like she was subpar on par with how I felt about the the previous versions. But again, it didn't really knock me in any of the movies, the possession. And actually, I may have mentioned it, I don't remember, when we talked about The Exorcist, but that was one of the reasons why I held back on watching The Exorcist, the original, for so long. Because I had seen little clips of, you know, those possession scenes, and I could never take them seriously before, which is why I waited forever to actually watch that movie. Interesting. No, I I always thought Linda Blair had kind of a, a good, like, reserved quality to her in that role. This one, it just goes so over the top. Hmm, I didn't and notice the, that. The CGI didn't help, I, I didn't think. That stuff. Even, even the uh, contacts they had her wearing, those super, like fakey like halloween looking contacts that stuff i just thought was way out there but no I, sean i i agree the chechi uh possession sequence is easily the worst part of dominion like that's when the movie takes like an extra three turn where it just turns into crap for the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but almost everything else before that i, I really liked so i'm surprised to, to hear that you hated it so much well, I didn't hate it as much as Ex- The Exorcist 2. Um, I'll get out of town. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have to be honest. When I first started watching it, I fell asleep. And I woke up in, in like, the last scene. Um, but I, I rewatched it, and I watched the whole thing. Um, and I was correct. There are three actors that reprise their roles. Uh, Stella Skarsgård and the guy that plays the interpreter. And the general, General Brendel or something like that. Grendel. Yeah, Grendel. And also yeah. the dad of those two kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. The uh, Nazi officer who shoots the people reprises his role. Um, yeah, which, by the way, I love the way that the that whole Nazi sequence plays out in Dominion as compared to how they kind of uh, scatter it through the beginning, which I, I really didn't appreciate that choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I thought it had a lot of impact just starting with it right off the bat. really sets the tone, I thought, for Dominion. Yeah, I agree. I Yeah, I also agree. Yeah, otherwise you've got this kind of hokey like trope going like, oh, uh, what's his name? Marin has a deep, dark secret, and we're holding it back until we're going to come out and say boo at you to startle you later on, you know, something like that. Oh, and, and the way it was played was so like comedic with like the little girl. She's like singing her little song. I was like, oh, this this feels so cheap and silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think that the beginning was it was just a proper good horror film. Um, Dominion just felt like something that was straight to video. I didn't know that it was released in the theater. I mean, there's stuff in the movie. Um, the uh, I, I think the character's name is Jeffries. When when he uh, gets it, so to speak. Uh, we don't see it happen, but then we see the aftermath, 
And it's not just when they find the body, but just that whole sequence of them going in the bar and they just see like his tissue here and there, like bits of hair here and some blood there, but there's no body. Where did the body go? The big question is who actually did kill him? Was it like, was it Pazuzu, who was never mentioned in this movie? Or is it the doctor uh, possessed by um, Pazuzu? I don't remember in the original film, in the very beginning of The Exorcist, Pazuzu having a giant dong that's wrapped around his legs. Yeah, it wasn't wrapped around, it was just pointing out this giant erect dick. Yeah. Oh, there. okay. All right. Interesting. All right. I remember as a kid. So they actually toned it down. Always finding that very disturbing for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but really off off putting. Yeah, yeah. Which one? The 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 one pointing out or the one wrapped around? The one pointing out. Okay. There was just something with like the smiling with his little hand up. Something just always really put me off with that image. But I did appreciate in the beginning that they did actually bring that back. <laughs> of course, it's referenced in the original Exodus, but but I um, kind of in contrast in that, I thought it was bizarre that they chose to make the possessed person a woman, considering in the first Exodus they call out that it was a boy that he exercised in Africa. So I was like, what what happened here? Well. You could say that's like that's like that's like what Obi Wan Kenobi says in in Star Wars um, the first, which sort of get ret, sort of gets retconned later. You know, you could say which I hate. I don't have many strong thoughts about that in Star Wars, nor in this, which is the whole time he thought, or and you think as an audience member that that's what he's there for, and that's what it is. It's the twist when it's not really the boy. After all, I'm more upset because it completely disregards the retcons as heretic. That's, that's <laughs> a much bigger matter oh to me. Oh my god. Because there's no more Kokomo, which is uh. Joseph. Which confused me because I thought, oh, it's just another African boy, but I guess it's supposed to take the place of Kokomo. No. Well, even Exodus 2 was never in continuity, really, but. <laughs> I think it was in 1977. Uh, everyone discarded it immediately. How can it not be continuity, though? And it's the only one that, the only <laughs> other one that that features Linda Blair. How can that be the one that's not continuity? Continuity. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Um, but in, in Dominion, they did actually exercise a boy, so that's another plus for the for that film for me. <laughs> but. <laughs> That didn't sound quite so. Okay. <laughs> he, he's not down with the erect penis, but exercising a boy <laughs> makes it better. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, you know what I did like about Dominion? Um, I liked uh, the fact uh, the temple underneath the church. What do you want to call that? The catacombs? Whatever. In Dominion, it was like one big room, you know? And 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 in the beginning, it's kind of confusing what the hell it is. I mean, it's like you go down there and it's like a series of caves or some shit. Like there's no geography to it whatsoever. Although I think the the, the scene where he's in that crawl space chasing after her and the boy and his lantern goes out is absolutely chilling. I, that really, ooh, gosh, I haven't felt like that since I saw The Descent the first time. I haven't seen a scene like that. Because uh, that would not be my... Uh, I would be just like, let him die. I'm not going in there. No <laughs> way in hell. 
Wow, I wish I, I wish I got some fear, because yeah, no, I didn't feel anything from that. That all that stuff just felt so cheap to me. Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I also hated the look of the beginning. I mean, I, I totally agree that Dominion kind of looks like a like a British like TV special or something. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like a movie. But to be fair, um, they said that they couldn't get the cinematographer to come back and complete the post production work on the the image. Mm -hmm. And so Paul Schrader again in his little uh, closet in the basement had to try to do it himself. So. Oh. He couldn't. Uh, he had to do so much of that stuff himself, which is kind of embarrassing, but. Huh. He's such a big director in the day to be kind of uh, kicked kicked aside like that. I think it's got to be pretty crippling to his ego. But <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because yeah, is he still around? Is he still with us? Uh, I, I thought he was dead. Maybe he's not. I certainly haven't heard anything from him in like a decade. But let's see if he's still kicking around. Kicking around. <laughs> he's <laughs> literally just walking down L.A. or Rodeo Drive, kicking. Yeah, still getting kicked around by the studio. That's what that's what's happening. Oh, really? No, apparently, he's still he's still among us. Seventy four years old, Grandpa. Oh yeah. Huh. Okay. But no, I, I I really I really appreciated the kind of more thoughtful element to Dominion and, until the end. The end it turns into kind of weirdo surrealism that doesn't actually mean anything. I don't think it just turns into like chaos. Oh, it's a shit show. It totally shits the bed. Absolutely. But before that, I love the way Stellan Skarsgård's playing it. He's like super embittered by the world again, kind of like um, uh, Kinderman in Exodus Three. Not quite that bitter, but still kind of feeding on that vein. Whereas in the beginning, I don't know, I don't know where he was there. He just—it was almost like he was trying to do like a weird Harrison Ford kind of Indiana Jones impression. Uh, okay, all right, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, he also, but he also has better lines. Um, I, there's the line where, um, gosh, the the father of the two boys says, "Is this is this what happens? Is this is this what Christianity Christianity does to us?" And he says, "Yes." I thought that was a great line. I mean, it's oh, just that was, a yes. that was brilliant. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because he's so fucking cynical, you know, because of what what's happened to him. Yeah, was was that in the beginning as well? Because it's in Dominion. I don't remember if it's in. Oh, maybe I'm getting confused. Maybe he okay. Maybe I, I, it's not in both films. Yeah, because the two kids don't get killed in the beginning. No, I guess one does. He gets yeah. One of them gets killed by those um, hyenas. Hyenas, yeah. It's terrifying, if a bit wonky with the CGI. Oh, I thought it was a much better choice in Dominion when it's just the one like tribesman who comes and kills them because he hates Christianity. Oh yes, that's right. That was the the line. That, okay, I'm getting them mixed up. It's easy to get them mixed up. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was. And, and you know what's so sad is that he killed the kids, but he didn't kill Father Francis. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And then they showed us this child's corpse with a gaping wound in its head, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, where's this? The studio saying this movie isn't pushing buttons. I mean, I thought that scene in itself really pushed some buttons. Yeah, in the, in the scene where the general goes crazy and shoots that lady, that was that was another. I'm saying good things about Dominion now, but uh, yeah, yeah. And I also thought the uh, interpreter, Chumo, I think his name is. I, that sounds right. Yeah, I thought he gave like a good kind of um, felt like a good foil in a way 
mm -hmm. in the, the first film, because he was kind of a neutral party between these two warring factions. But in the beginning, it seemed like he had no interest being on the set. Every line almost felt like it was sarcastic. He had this dead expression the whole movie. I was like, what, what's going on with this guy? Like, why do you even show up? Okay. I, I, I didn't know to compare the two performances. I mean, I, I kind of... I, I think I understand what you mean when you say that Stella... Is it Skella, Skella Skarsgård, right? Skella, not Stella. I think it's Stellan, I think. Really? What do you say, Eric? Is it Stellan or... I need to look at it in print. I always say Stellan, but I think it's Stellan. <laughs> uh, the American voiceman just says Stellan. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård, but I, I know nothing of... How it should be pronounced properly. Yeah, uh, he is the father of Bill and that other Skarsgård from True Blood, right? Yep. Apparently, got some good uh, acting oh, uh, sperm. That. Yeah, yeah, he is the father of that evil blonde hunky vampire and uh, it Pennywise the clown. Yeah, that evil blonde hunky clown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're right, guys. Great sperm. Um, yeah, very good sperm. Very good sperm. Hey, he wasn't too bad looking in his day, too. I mean, goddamn. All those guys are, are not bad looking. It's the whole Nordic thing. I, yeah. I, where, where, you know, where did they get the two guys that played Father Francis? Did they go to, like, Robert Cocteau's casting couch or something? <laughs> Do you, if you guys know, you don't know who that is. I don't, um, but... All I heard was Cocteau's. <laughs> okay, so so Robert Cocteau, and I think I'm mispronouncing it. Cocteau, it might be, you know, like the the famous director. Um, he's He makes these quote-unquote horror and sci-fi films, and they all feature a mostly or 100% male cast. They're all like between the ages of 18 and 21, and most of the movies they just spend shirtless or in their underwear. And it'll be like a movie about vampires, and there'll be just 10 minutes of this guy walking around a house in his underwear with no plot going on whatsoever. It's called, they're called 13, I think they're called the 1313 films. They're so bad. 1313 um, added to watch list. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing, they used to be on Netflix. And my former uh, podcast co-host, Eric Stadnick, said it was the kind of thing that closeted married men would watch and jerk off to at night when after their wives went to bed because it wasn't porn but it you know it was not a real movie either yeah then she walks in it's like oh i'm just watching a horror film like what do you mean <laughs> my chance are just down because i was relaxed i feel like a, a position statue in downward dog position now <laughs> <laughs> too bad eric i'm really curious what your thoughts on dominion would be because i, I feel like it's much more thoughtful kind of take. never fear because i'm been, i started watching it uh no. once we had this hullabaloo <laughs> about who's on first and i will say <laughs> i actually like the look of it much more i'm just talking about from a cinematography point of view i am much more vibing with the look of dominion Versus oh my God. the overall look of uh, the beginning. I'm, I feel like, am I, am, I, am I having a stroke? I can't <laughs> believe that y'all could like that movie. Okay, Eric, just to let you know, 
in 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 Dominion, the villain turns out to be the doctor, and at the end he exercises her. She kidnaps the little boy Joseph. Yeah, that, that's what happens in the beginning too. That's that's the beginning. Yeah, now I'm getting even more confused. Oh, I'm I'm talking about the shit. <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> in Dominion, it turns out it it is the little boy who is the possessed. Okay. Okay. I guess we should explain that part. Yeah, in Dominion, there's this kind of what would you call him? Not like a leper, but someone who's like severely like fucked up looking. <laughs> I don't know what to like the is elephant he like man. Or he's like the elephant man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he may technically maybe have MS. Oh, he's, uh, he's got he's got like one bad hand that kind of yeah, not usable hand, one like kind of not usable leg, and he's every, everyone kind of looks down at him and hates him. Like the tribes people throw rocks at him and like stay away, you like demon creature. And so naturally, he's the one who becomes demon possessed. But weirdly, instead of turning him like uh, fucked up looking like Linda Blair or the Doctor. He becomes like beautific and becomes like a perfect organism or, or something stupid. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that was about. And he, oh, he 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 basically just goes and lives in the the cave underneath the church, and they just leave him there for part of the movie. Like he lets uh, he lets um, Marin just walk out without doing anything to him. It's like, wait, is this supposed to be a bad guy? What, they're just going to leave him down there, or what are they going to do? See, see, that's the part I actually really like, because Dominion's whole struggle is about Marin um, with his loss of faith. Right. And so the demon, he's like, hey, I'm happy that you've lost your faith. Um, here, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to clear yourself of your guilt for that horrible incident with the Nazis. You can basically go back in your imagination and shoot all those Nazis and let everyone else live. Mm. And then you can just leave and let me do what I'm doing as the demon guy, because you don't give a fuck about any of this. But Father Marin chooses to actually fight him and do this stupid exorcism scene, which damages the whole movie. Damages all the credibility that it built up for the first half for this really stupid exorcism part. Damaged my brain. Yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, I, 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 mm, mm. <laughs> I, I just don't think that Dominion was scary. Like, is this a horror movie, or is it, as you said earlier, a BBC uh, uh, drama? I expect you know David Suchet to come strolling into the frame at any second. <laughs> um, they did use the same sets too, didn't they? Yep, all the same sets. Yep. At least some I've recognized some. Yeah. Yeah, and the same. What's really baffling is it's the same cinematographer too, Vittorio uh, Storaro, who is apparently like um, really well known. He won an Oscar for uh, Apocalypse Now, huh. filmed The Last Emperor. Like he was a great cinematographer. But both of these films, he got screwed over in different ways. Dominion, he wasn't able to come back and complete the processing for the film. Mm-hmm. And the beginning. They just completely cut him out of the processing department and put this horrible filter over, which makes it look really gaudy, I think. <laughs> so he was pissed. Wow. Wow. Wait, you said the you said the beginning? You said you said that was the Yeah, beginning? the beginning where it has that super like gray filter over everything where everything looks hyper processed. I don't think it looks hyper pro, pro, processed. Um I I'm definitely conscious of it though, but I just like it for I guess a little bit different reasons than Caleb. But I also don't like it. 
apparently Vittorio, however you say his name, was furious with the beginning, and he was just like, I, I think he went back into retirement, because he came out, because that original director, um, I think it was Frank Henenlotter, I think, no, maybe not Frank Henenlotter, that's a schlock filmmaker, it was some really famous director, and Vittorio was like, oh, I'll come out to work with you, you're a great director, and then Paul Schrader took over, and he liked Paul Schrader's stuff, but with the Rennie Harlan, I think he was really pissed off at what they did to the movie. So everyone was pissed off with this movie. No one was happy with either one. I just picture an Italian guy going, I got on, like kicking a mirror, and then I'm going into retirement. No one will ever see me again. Yeah, it's even more sad as he apparently like designed like a whole new aspect ratio, and he was like really proud of it, and then they just completely fucked him over and changed it all in editing. Wait, is that the beginning you're talking about? The beginning, yeah. Yeah, it's in two to one, um, which is actually super popular in current day um at time of recording um and that's the way it appears like when i purchased it digitally in two to one yeah i think that's what it was filmed in but when it was projected they changed the aspect ratio and he was so pissed he's like i put all this working for you guys yeah i believe so. yeah they put it in, they put it in the standard 235 <laughs> just, just everyone got screwed over in this project morgan creek like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck, Morgan Creek, you fuckers. Yeah, and I read an interview with the producer on this, James G. Robinson, and he was like, yeah, you know, my process for making movies is I don't do any involvement with the movie until it's completed. That's when I come in and decide what we're going to do with it. So he was like, I watched what Paul Schrader did, and I didn't like it, so I just called it a practice version, so I hired Rennie Harlan to remake it. I was like, what kind of producer is this? Like, what the fuck? Just throwing money around. Yeah, in the meantime, people are starving. Uh, I, 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 yeah, that is a really uh, bad. It's a that's a bad business decision. That's a it's a bad decision. I mean, even if I do like the beginning more than Dominion, it's like no, some you should be fired. This is ridiculous. Yeah, oversee the project. Step in when you're like, oh, this is going in a weird direction. Don't just show up when it's completed and throw the whole thing away. <laughs> I don't think a producer should do that. I mean, I've never been a producer, but I don't think that that's the norm. I think they're usually involved uh, from the beginning. It's very unusual, huh? From Exorcist, the beginning, or? No, no, from the beginning of the movie-making process. Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back and talk about the cinematography for a second. Because okay. It's sort of the theme of what I was talking, trying to explain when we were talking about Exorcist Three. Because obviously earlier today I watched the beginning, and it struck me. It looks like a 2004 movie. It's something I was thinking about a little bit through some of the movies that Sean and I had recently watched from 2002, because that was a very transitionary time from standard film to digital. And then um, 2004 has a very digital look, and it's probably because of that processing that Caleb was talking about. And I know a lot of movies. This is, you know, par for the course, 2004. But because in t for the last 10 years now, um, so many drama shows all over the place, um, I mean, HBO, Netflix, etc., because they've upped their game so much with their cameras and their, and their um, cinematography, we've become so used to it, so spoiled to it, uh, by it with modern shows, that... 
the beginning looked to, I felt like I was watching a television production, albeit modern times television production, but I didn't feel like I was watching an actual movie because um, it has this processed, too clean look, but not like a legit movie movie. And I see what you guys are saying about Dominion and how it looks like, you said like a BBC drama or whatever, but see, in a way, not exactly, but in a way, it, it looks a lot more similar to Exorcist 3, which was, which was of course shot on film and wasn't lavish uh, in production. And I kind of like that more realistic feel. Uh, not realistic. Analog, I should say. Um, it's kind of like how, uh, even though I've not even seen the movie, I'm sure, like trying to compare something like Manhunter and Red Dragon. or Is that what it's called, Red Dragon? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's something like that. Although those weren't made at the same time, but I know one's going to look more analog and you know reserved, and the other looks like a modern movie. Um, I appreciate the the more analog look, so that's why I like a lot more. It looks so much more naturalistic, Dominion, um, and the beginning looked more like to me like. Like Sci-Fi Channel was like put a lot of money into a television movie. That's how that's how Dominion looks. Oh my gosh! I mean, sorry, the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. I totally think otherwise. I I think Dominion looks like uh, it's a sci-fi movie, or not a sci-fi movie, but a Sci-Fi Channel movie. I I'm like, that would be incredible. I have to keep going back and making making sure I've got the titles correct because I'm saying exactly the opposite of what you guys are saying. I would be blown away if Dominion was like if there was a sci-fi movie that looked like production like Dominion. I would I would be completely blown away. Yeah, I mean, again, this is an even though he didn't get to. What am I seeing with this clock? Oh, the surrealist scene in Dominion. Oh no, that's the most embarrassing part. Oh, that's what this is. I thought, almost thought it was a commercial break or something. Yeah, when I was watching it this last time, I was really enjoying it. I was, you know, going along with everything. I was really enjoying the dramatic weight. And then that stupid surrealist scene came in, and I was like, oh, this is some cheap crap. Like, it's so, like, amateurish. And Paul Schrader, in his commentary, was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I really wanted to do something like that um, surrealist scene in the Hitchcock film Spellbound. You know, I wanted to reach back to Salvador Dali or Igmar Bergman. And I was like, "This is oh, yeah. this is not on the level. Like, this is complete it's trash." It's on the level, but maybe I need to watch it with sound on. It seemed okay. He literally has a fucking like CGI clock floating around on the screen. Like that is some clumsy stuff. <laughs> I must have looked at my my phone or something. Uh, is this the part? Are you talking about the part near the end when no. the exit? Okay. Well, yeah, it's like very close to the beginning of Dominion. Okay, because the end, when he's actually doing the exorcism, it was um, it was terrible. Uh, you see the doctor come out, and she's possessed, and she's got a knife, but that doesn't go anywhere. And the northern lights mm. are there, except maybe they're not the northern lights. They can't be the northern lights. There is a, a, a tiger eating something. It's just cuckoo banana pants. It's just a complete clusterfuck. Yeah. Like, none of it makes any sense. It's so sad to see a movie that was that I was really enjoying. It's completely devolved into nonsense. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doctor Who connection in the beginning, of course. We oh, have yes. Mr. Bradley. Is it John Bradley or James Bradley? David. Uh, David Bradley. Okay. 
and uh, he has a little monologue uh, that he tells Marin about, um, uh, I don't know, a couple centuries ago, there was a, like, 11 nuns were possessed, and they brought in all these priests. That that was his thing, and they made a movie about that, too, called The Devils, which is better than either one of these movies, and I would totally recommend, if you can find it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny that you brought that up. I think it was in our Exodus 3 talk. I can't remember which one it was. But I thought I thought it was funny that at the very end here it's referenced again. <laughs> yeah. And David Bradley, of all people, to be the one delivering another Doctor Who uh, connection, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, And I didn't even know that that was based on a quote-unquote real story until i was listening to this podcast and this you know she's this lady is telling the story and i'm like this sounds like the plot from the devils and lo and behold yep uh great film that's why the catholic church um has buried it to this day <laughs> there's never been a complete release because the catholic church put up such a huge stink at the time when it came out really Th- that's why i couldn't really find it on blu-ray i had to buy like a region-free version from Italy or something? Yeah, it got banned almost globally in the church. Wow. Yeah, a huge protest, and yeah, and the studio still never released it because they got so scared after that first uh, kerfuffle. What year did that movie come out? Uh, I think it was 71, maybe? Huh. And they didn't do... Well, you know what? The, hmm, the Exorcist doesn't really portray the religion or the priests negatively. It's not like it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's much more positive. Yeah. Which is, again, one of the reasons that I really liked Dominion, is it was at least the first half of it, I should say, until the exorcism. So it was kind of paralleling the Father Karras struggle with faith, but much more cynical. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you said, that scene when the guy's like, is this what the Almighty does to people who serve him? And uh, Marin's just like, yes. Like He basically fucks over anybody who cares about him. Yeah. Yeah. Karis did not go anywhere near that far. <laughs> He'd only call himself Mr. Mare and he wouldn't go by father. And then, yeah, then they just screwed over in the end, and then he completely turns coat to be a priest again for no reason, really. Hmm. Or not no reason, because, I mean, obviously the fact that the demon exists would prove that God exists, but there's just no dramatic weight to it. What do you all think of the switching out of the two English soldiers that try to steal stuff? from the the church and they replace them with the drunken Australian horn dog. Oh God. Well, not Australian. That guy's uh, a Brit. If you guys have seen uh, the guy with the boils, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have ever seen snatch the uh, guy Ritchie film, I've seen tons of snatch. Oh, Jesus. (sighs) (laughs) The the guy Ritchie film, he plays the main kind of um, mob boss in that movie. He's great in that. Uh, he, I don't know what was going on with him in this. I mean, maybe he just thought it was schlock and was kind of chewing all the scenery. But I thought he was kind of terrible in this. <laughs> well, the part where he gets it is terrifying, I thought. I, I loved that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that wasn't so bad. But just the character itself, I thought, was weirdly out of place. Okay, all right. What do you think, Eric? I didn't think much about him other than they were playing with cre- the weird creep factor and I just remember him being in the bed um, and then I remember him being filleted uh, what do you think about Major Granville Sean the two versions that we see there um I think I like the one in Dominion better um because he they in in the beginning 
he's just, I mean, in the film, the beginning, he's just this guy who collects butterflies. And for some reason, he goes nuts and shoots himself. And that's all. In Dominion, we really get to see him just sort of, well, we don't get to see it all, but it, he, he falls apart. You know, he, he, he gets drunk with power and shoots that lady. And then his subordinate has to take the reins. And his subordinate is actually a pretty cool guy. And he's the one at the end, you know, he says to Marin, you know, I didn't see anything. I'm not going to talk about anything that happened or anything. Oh, yeah. I forgot they got rid of that character in the beginning. Yeah, I like that character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I totally had deja vu in the scene where they arrive at the camp. It's, I swear it's shot scene for scene. Or it may be, they may have even taken the same shot from Dominion and put it in the beginning because it looks exactly it's the pretty same. pretty close. I've seen them both. Yeah. yeah it could be. I think they said there's 10% of Paul Schrader's film in the beginning, so that might have been one of the shots they took. You know what I really enjoy about watching these is um, movies, and, and I almost called you Claude. Why did I call you Claude? <laughs> <laughs> call me something random next. I don't even know anybody. What are we in Paris? Claude okay. Rains. Claude Rains showed up. <laughs> um, Caleb, well, we were talking offline, you know, about, and then there were none, and um, uh, what was the Lady Gaga, uh, A Star is Born. I love comparing remakes of films, you know, and, and, you know, things that they did different and things that they added that made it better. Maybe they took it out or made it, made, made it worse. Um I need to do that with *The Star Is Born*. That is oh, it's wonderful. I've never, I've never seen a single version of that. I've never seen one of those movies. Oh, I, I think they're all. Why good. are you, are you laughing, sir? No, because you were saying you, like you need to watch them, you know, compare them, but you haven't even seen not even one of them. Well, I did it with, I did it with, and then there were none, and with *Murder on the Orient Express* because there's four versions of that. However, I will say on *The Star Is Born*. I've seen some clips of the first two, and I've seen a, more than 50% of the 70s version, and of course the entire new version. And I will say it is interesting to, because you know, the, the same story obviously for the most part, they hit the same beats, but it is interesting to mm -hmm. see how it's interpreted for the decade of which the movie comes out, and how they absolutely these things to make it um, age, I mean the age of time, age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, and, and because it's like a 20-year jump almost every time until the last one, it's like a wonderful kind of slice of where America was at the time when they made them. It's super cool going through those. Uh, the first one, the 30s one especially, I, I just loved seeing that. But, but anyway, back to, uh, <laughs> to uh, these prequels here. Well, I was going to say, even before Sean said that, it's really fascinating to watch both these movies side by side, which is what I'm doing. Because you'll literally see the same sets and how differently they come off. Even though when you watch them side by side, you can tell that's it. Oh, yeah, I see it. I recognize that exact statue. But just the tone is so different with both movies. And it, the grading is part of it. But it's not just the grading. It's also... It just feels like just different uh, choice. Like like shot choice. Like just like it, it, it seems like... There has to be more disparity in the cinematographer's involvement in both uh, than what you guys have already described because the camera movements and everything are just totally different, even though you can tell mm. it's the same scenery. There, There is some difference. Um, Paul Schrader, he said his kind of mode for directing is always 
he does his takes and then he before once he feels like he got what he wanted he asks all the actors okay did do you guys feel happy with what we did here and he said on this movie because vittorio was such kind of a demanding cinematographer he would also ask vittorio like do you feel like you got what you wanted with this should we do another take with rennie harlan it was just let's just go like we do our takes i'm happy with it let's move on so i think there was a much more collaboration between the two with dominion or was with the beginning it was much more just like a studio let's just run through this kind of project so that might be some of the difference you're seeing there i still stand by that the beginning looks like it's a made for hbo series or not even hbo maybe amc uh series oh them's fighting words of modern times (laughs) of modern times not even hbo uh amc no, because HBO's had some really good crap in the last two or three years. They've had some really good-looking stuff on HBO, series-wise. Oh, yeah. That's why I downgraded it to now, or maybe FX. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying here could be down to rumor. I couldn't find any evidence that this is true. I just happened to read it in a couple articles. But apparently both Vittorio uh, Storaro and Stellan Skarsgård were calling <laughs> um, Peter... Or, fuck, not Peter Benchley, uh paul schrader they're apparently like calling him from the set of the beginning being like you're not going to believe the trash we're doing today like they completely really so (laughs) and i know that paul schrader and uh william peter benchley uh, like almost got thrown out of the premiere of the beginning because they were just laughing it and like mocking it as it was playing (laughs) william peter blatty you said william peter benchley we're not talking about jaws god damn it this 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 booze is getting to me today (laughs) Demon booze. <laughs> yeah, why Benchley of all people? Like, why is he coming up? Anyway. <laughs> so, in the church, in the beginning, the film, the beginning, I just feel weird saying the beginning because it feels like I'm, you know. The, okay, it was, okay. There was this whole subplot in that one that wasn't in Dominion, and it confused me because in the beginning, we have what I like to call the, um, Paul Reiser character, and then I get that from Aliens, <laughs> where sometimes there's a Paul Reiser character who knows more than he's disclo- than he's you know disclosing, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Father Francis. Mm-hmm. Well, Father Francis uh, eventually uh, it comes out and tells um, Marin that look, this is you know the the Catholic Church knew about this long ago. Um, we think this is the place where Lucifer fell to Earth after he was. Uh, after his big fight with God, which, by the way, that's not a real story, is it? That's that's not in the Bible, is it? I don't think that's a real story. I think somebody made that's that a real up. Story. It's in the Bible. Well, I well, don't know where it is in the Bible, but I'm familiar with that story. Huh. Okay. I don't think there's ever a story where they go into it in the details, but they do mention it. But okay. I need to see where it comes from because I'm very aware of it, uh, which has nothing to do with the Exorcist. Yeah, in that element, I I don't believe is in Dominion at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, I don't know which is better in that aspect. Like if you know, because it makes Father Francis look like kind of an evil character, but he's much more likable in Dominion. You know, when he eventually does get, I don't know who does it. Who? It's the the natives. They finally get him. But one moment he's in the church trying to exercise the boy. The next second, he's pinned up with, like, a pin cushion. Yeah, he, uh, he runs out, and he tells uh, Father Marin, like, the de- Satan exists. I need to go find my, my book to exercise this dude. 
and that's when like the rocks show up and they completely seal off the church and no one can get in um okay and then, yeah and then marin i think okay i don't remember I when, it. but it does oh no not that <laughs> no i now i know where it came from this whole idea of the, of the lucifer um story so first of all many according to what i'm reading many christians equate that story of lucifer falling as another is a i'm not sure if the right word is a metaphor or allegory to the adam and eve story they because the bible does that a lot when you read it um there's the first stories in genesis and then a lot of the in the following books the books within the bible um a lot of the stories are sort of like retelling of the earlier stories like the same mm-hmm. theme but told with different characters right so mm-hmm. there's a later part in the book of isaiah and where there's a line that says and this is where it came from there's this line how art thou fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations so people take that line to be like a reference to adam and eve um being like in paradise and being cast out in the genesis story um however it says that you know originally the bible wasn't necessarily the bible the devil wasn't necessarily known as lucifer because that line i just read where it says lucifer son of the morning i guess lucifer before it was associated with the devil it was just a word that meant the morning star so in that original line it could just be say the the morning star itself is probably a metaphor of someone falling from heaven and so they were just perhaps just using lucifer as a descriptive word for a star falling from heaven but then it later became it became because because they considered that morning star a metaphor for the devil i guess it sort of became a name for the devil later. Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So it's an all metaphorical connection, and I guess that's what a lot of Christians believe based on putting those things together. Huh. But I'm glad I know now, because I never really knew exactly, because I've always been familiar with that story. I didn't know where it came from. Now. The more you know. Yes, but you can see also it's, 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 it's like a bootstrap paradox because, you know, the only reason we think of it as Lucifer is because of that line, but that line wasn't really referring to that, but it's it's all cyclical now. Because now it goes back. Very Terminator 2. What did you guys think of the opening of uh, Beginning when we see that, that old uh, battle? Oh, yeah, I had something to say about that. I actually thought it was interesting at first, um, and then you don't really think about it much later. One thing I thought interesting, though, about that... Um, and I haven't really taken the time to really compare, but you know how in the movie, the beginning, Marin gets sent there by this guy who basically wants him to go back and find like a little trinket, a little bazuzu trinket, right? Oh yeah, Ben Cross, Belloc. <laughs> that's a stupid uh, Indiana Jones reference. Sorry. <laughs> but that guy, right? The one, the one who sends him on the mission, right? And then at he the does, end of the beginning, does, yeah, he does. That's right. That is, that's exactly who we remind. I'm like, who is that actor? And no, yeah, it reminded me of Belloc. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it wasn't the same actor. It's Ben Cross from um, Chariots of Fire, who is no longer with us. As of last well, my point, so at the end of the movie, the beginning, Sorry. he goes back to Rome, right? And then the guy's like, so did you find it? And he's like, no, I didn't find it. And he's like, but you found something else, right? Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being... Um, uh, what's the word? Um, 
The word Tits. for no, that's not the word. The word for apathetic, apathy. Okay. There you go. Maybe it's me just feeling that way already at the end of that movie. But I thought he kind of resembled the the Crusader or, or Legionnaire, not Legionnaire, but Crusader at the very beginning of the movie. I thought there was a resemblance in the so in the very beginning. Um, there's like the one man alive basically in the battlefield and then he approaches a guy who's dying and he has a little Pazuzu trinket in his hand and he goes to reach for it. That man resembles to me the man who sent Marin on his mission. And I don't know, and I'm not saying it's even the same actor, probably it isn't, or maybe, I don't know. But I saw resemblance and I thought that was, there was something weird going on there. I don't know what, but I felt like even if it's not the same actor that they that has resemblance for a reason. Don't ask me what that reason is. And actually, it did make me think about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because it was making me think about the Templars and stuff and how they were sort of immortal. And I almost felt like... that. I'm not saying that guy was literally an immortal character, but I felt like there was some kind of message being sent in some kind of way just by that person resembling that other guy from the beginning. But go back and check the tape. I think they really resemble each other. Yeah, but that was one of the first things that I knocked with um, the beginning. Because at least in Dominion, I like the fact that um, Father Marin's just kind of off doing his own stuff, doing archaeological digs, which ties right into the first exodus there. You know, the church kind of goes in to investigate, like, what's this guy doing at this point? Like, is he still a part of the church? Like, what should we do with him? But then in the beginning, he's just like, what, some freelance dude? I love that stupid line where he's like, uh, what do you think I am, a thief and a whore? I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. There was a good retort <laughs> to that line in the movie, but I can't remember what it was that the character said back. But what about in the very beginning of the beginning, uh, the scene on the battlefield? What was what was that? What was going That's what I'm talking about. But what... That's what I'm talking about, though. I, I understand that you, that you said the one guy looked like uh, Ben Cross, but... What was the scene there for? Like, what was that supposed to because, be? Because, well, they reference it later in the movie. They do? Yes, they do. They do, but I didn't fully understand what they're saying. Because, um, because uh, there's some conversation later in the movie where, because, you know, they're trying to figure out why is this church even here? Why does it even exist? It shouldn't even be here. And some characters explaining, well, you know, there was this battle that took place. 1500 years ago this massacre oh yes 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 that's uh fr yeah father francis explains it shit you're right okay all right there you go and then they build this church on top of it and then they bury the church intentionally and they put it there to try to like you know suppress the evil that was there oh yeah hmm. i mean th this isn't entirely related but you reminded me um in the paul schrader commentary which i only watched half of he mentioned that the thing that he really liked about Caleb Carr's original script for this movie, for Dominion, was, because like I mentioned, they had that whole thing where Chechi becomes like this beautific being, but everyone else becomes like fucked up and demonic, like the Granville guy uh, killing one of those tribal people, and the nurse becoming like weirdly demonic, which I didn't understand at all. And even like the tribes people, that kid comes out all fucked up looking. I thought it was interesting I'd kind of take for an Exorcist movie where the actual person who's possessed becomes, like, perfected, but everyone else starts to fall apart and become corrupted. 
Huh. Although that although that did happen in Heretic, but um. Oh, what? Here we come again with the fuck. No, because, because Regan and Possessed by Pazuzu went the beautific way, and the other characters, not necessarily physically, but they all fell apart around her. Uh. <laughs> okay, I forgot most what? of that movie, so. Oh, come on. You are like the crusader for that fucking movie. I don't know what it is about you in that movie. And I, you know what? You know what? Spoiler. I think you're the heretic because you watched that movie before you actually saw The Exorcist. What the hell is that? Like, what kind of a monster are you? That happens. There's a lot of franchises that happened to me with. That's not. That's not. That's not. Same thing happened to me with the original Star Trek series. Same thing happened to me with Friday Night. Friday the Night. Friday the 13th. Let me take... You, you don't need to see the Friday the 13th movies in order. They're all, oh, like... Okay. Oh, I, I'm not saying you do or don't. <laughs> you know. I'm just saying I saw, like, the sequels first before I saw the originals. Everybody has seen the Psycho is probably another one. Jaws, I think, is another one. Uh, oh, Jesus wept. That's that's bad, yeah, too. Psycho. These are all movies that I saw the sequel first before the... Oh, you know. God. You're killing me with every word. Police Academy... Police Jaws and Psycho. Oh, Police Academy. That's the end right there. Yes, oh because it was, it, <laughs> it, was the, it was the 80s. So, of course, I saw like Psycho 2, Psycho 3, and then I had to go seek oh, out Psycho 1 on my those. own. Here, hold on. Hold on. Let me try this. Let me see if it's kind of affects you the same way. I saw Lord of the Rings Return of the King before I saw okay, Fellowship of the Ring. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like that's a that's a pure trilogy though. That's... Yes, I I agree, and I'm I'm <laughs> kidding. I I saw those movies in their order at the at the theater. But I feel like I could watch any of those movies, and they'd still be awesome. It's just the third one you wouldn't get all the feels unless you went on the whole. Oh journey. my god, Sean, have you seen the other Psycho films? Um, I I saw one of them on TV a long time ago, and I don't remember that much about it. I know it's like a, there's a it was a nun, I think. Yeah, because I was gonna actually suggest that as a follow up series to do if you guys <laughs> want to do another is that what franchise. This, what our our collaboration is turning into is, <laughs> is watching entire schlocky franchises. Hey, they're they're not super schlocky um, till the third one, but I actually enjoyed the Psycho franchise as well, which is weird to think. Oh, okay, hold on. Because everyone only thinks that is thinks of it as one movie, but <laughs> No, I often love original Psycho and, and I, I'm okay with the second and third because again I saw them a bit when I was growing up. But I never got to see the fourth, which is like the prequel. Yeah, Henry uh what's that dude from E. T. again? Um, Henry Thomas. Henry there Cavill. You go. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, he plays young young Norman Bates and uh, the woman from um uh, Romeo and Juliet in Black Christmas. What's her name? She has a funny name. Olivia Hussey. That's it. Olivia Hussey. Yeah. Yes, she plays wow. uh, Norma Bates. Hello? Hello? This is how she answers the phone in Black Christmas. Hello? 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 I want an abortion. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie is so awesome. It is. Great movie. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like we've completely gone off of... Uh, or a topic here. Well, it's easy to go off topic. I mean, there's really not a lot here. I mean, this is not me peeing. This is me pouring a drink. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were peeing on your uh, your table or something with that sound. <laughs> that's exactly, you know what? That's exactly what I was doing. I was just lying about pouring a drink. 
you know, there's there's not. I mean, no matter which side you're on, whether you're on the beginning side or whether you're on the Dominion side, I don't think there's really a lot of meat in either pie. Um, you know, this isn't the original Exorcist or Exorcist 3. Notice I left the other one out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's there. It's fine. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not uh, one of the terrible remakes of And Then There Were None that I can think of, the one where they go on a safari. But I... Yeah, or... Uh... A Hellraiser sequel, which I was actually thinking of watching parts of uh, the beginning. Oh, you know, yeah, I have a bunch of those on on Blu-ray, and I haven't watched them yet. Oof. I bought like the four movie thing on Blu-ray, and uh, I I never got around. I just I don't know why. I I, I don't know if it was like a drunk purchase. <laughs> <It must have been. laughs> oh boy, I own a bunch of them too. Unfortunately, I don't know what. Well, I know what's wrong with me. I'm a film masochist, but... Yeah, it's okay. I understand. I, I own Solo or 120 Days of Sodom on DVD. You should change the name of your podcast to the film masochist. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great name for a podcast. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You have that for free. Yeah. Oh, but there was one line, again, that I want to point out from uh, Dominion. So there's that... I, I don't remember the context of it. There was something screwed up happening as, as there is constantly in that movie. Um, and Father Francis comes up to Father Marin and gives him his rosary. And he's like, all we have in times like this is prayer. Then Stellan Skarsgård just picks it up and goes, yeah, it's like having nothing at all, isn't it? Yeah. I thought that yeah. was great. Like, what a beautiful, beautifully cynical line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't feel like you get anything like that in the beginning. Beautifully cynical, but false. Nah, mm-hmm. 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> Not 100% true. Oh dear, I feel like I fall in the middle of this camp, but okay. Yeah, here comes the religious debate. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could talk about is politics, too. Oh yeah, there we go, there we go. How about them them uh, Trumps? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we drove to Colleen. Uh, it's, uh, just so you Caleb, Colleen is about an hour and a half north of Austin. And as soon as you step outside Travis County... They're they're still holding out their Trump flags all over the place up there. Oh, I felt so. Some of them were like all, they were like all tattered too. It's like sad. Like, oh. Anyway, let's not talk about politics. Yeah, let's let's. What else? What else we got here? Where's Steve to uh, completely uh, drive away from that? He's always so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I guess the. One of the few things that I wanted to mention is I really didn't care for the kind of deterioration of the Father Francis character in the the beginning. Like I was wondering why they even bothered to bring that character back. Like it really didn't add anything at all. He, yeah, he didn't. He didn't add anything at all except maybe something pretty to look at. Um, but it, you know, oh, I thought the other one was prettier. Uh, yeah, the other one was prettier. I think. You know, it's interesting. You're into blondes there, too. Wait, is Father Francis um, Jarvis? Uh, I don't know. Do you mean Paul Bettany? No. Jarvis? Bettany, orig- Bet- Bettany only did the voice for Jarvis. Um, the actor in Dominion, no, the beginning, played Jarvis on screen in the MCU. Yes, it, he is. He is. I looked it up. Interesting. Thank I you. don't know anything about that. I... Thank you. In, like, the first Captain America, the first Avenger? Mm, no. He first is on screen in the Agent Carter series, but then 
they but then they show him the same actor again spoiler in um endgame oh interesting yeah and, and i thought the actor was fine they just gave him absolutely nothing to do it was just like why bother he has one scene where he does the info dump about the big war that went on and the, how the church was buried. And then he goes and do, tries to do an exorcist and he's killed off or an exorcism. And I should say, and he's killed off. Well, he has nothing his, to do. What is, what is his deal though? In the beginning, um, the, the character's deal, because what's his deal with the upside down crosses. And was he the one, I don't even know. Cause I wasn't fully paying attention, but was he the one, is it implied that he was the one that um, defiled the interior of the church? Or desecrated, I should no. say, not defiled? He, so he was not. just the counter, he was just the counterpoint to um, Father Marin's complete distaste for the church. He was like this naive... Um... Okay, well see, I thought, I mean, I saw that, but I thought, I thought he had like this inner dark side... But again, I wasn't playing. Yeah, no, he he was a mole, but he was just a mole for the Catholic Church. But he wasn't like evil or you know. Okay, I thought he had an evil hidden agenda. No, 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 not at all. So I just made that up. Even more so, he was actually a fan of Father Marin. Like he'd read some stuff that he'd published within the church, and he came because he wanted to like learn from him. But was also kind of a mole for the church to be like, where's this guy's head at uh, in terms of the faith. But the Father Francis in Dominion, he's actually that that character's much better um, because he, well, he first of all he's not a mole for the church. Um, he really does admire uh, Marin, and it shows. I mean, there. I mean, I, I think it's mostly more implied than actually talked about. But he's also given more to do. Uh, he's the teacher for the kids. Um, yeah, it, he, I liked him better in uh, in, in Dominion. Wow, I'm starting to say nice things about Dominion when I when I was gonna come on here and bash it. Wait, Dominion is the one you said you liked since the very beginning. No, it's the beginning. <laughs> From the beginning, he said he liked the beginning. <laughs> what? Uh, but oh no, you're right. You're right. Sorry, you're right. You're correct. You're both correct. Everyone's getting so confused. I don't know who's on third. <laughs> the beginning of the beginning. Uh, but I liked um I liked when uh, right after all the kids in his school got murdered which again i thought was a very impactful scene love that no i'm just kidding and then chechi started to heal himself and he was like oh my god like finally god showed himself to me this is a sign like he's possessed by our savior i was like oh look at this poor bastard like, he's completely lost yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's why it's such a shame of the movie because it's such just such a great cynicism towards the church running throughout and then just to flip a light switch, like uh, Anakin turning to Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith, where Marin just turns into the priest again at the end. I was like, this feels so cheap and unsatisfying. Don't bring up Star Wars, because Eric will take that and run with it. He's already dipped his little toe into Star Wars in this conversation. <laughs> Look, and it's Star not my Trek. fault. It's not my fault with Star Wars, because obviously George Lucas drew from everything. Because George Lucas See? drew from everything to make Star Wars... That's why, of course, Star Wars like kind of connects to almost everything. Oh, that, that's just just because we're talking about Star Wars, this is funny. Um, they released Dominion at the same time as Revenge of the Sith got released. I think there was only a few weeks apart. And so uh, Paul Schrader was kind of like, oh, you know, like, it's unfortunate for my movie that it was put up against Revenge of the Sith. Like, of course it couldn't compete. I'm like, dude, that's, that's not the reason it failed. <laughs> like... 
No one would have gone to see this. Oh dear, the Northern Lights. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah, you're watching it. It's it's what that scene. What is happening? Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, she's possessed <laughs> or something. And uh, holy smokes! Paul Schrader didn't know. He he brought in some of his old buddies from the '70s. They brought some psychedelics, and he was like, "Okay, I'm this is what I'm gonna do with my movie." <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? I still haven't decided if it's terrible, but it's something else. No, it's terrible. It's terrible, Eric. Don't decide. No, no, their (laughs) decision. Unfortunately, even me, who's like so positive on that first half, I was like, this is actually, this could be a good movie. It completely devolves into crap. Yeah. It's such a shame. (laughs) It ruins the movie, honestly. It takes it from like maybe a six and a half type of movie down to like a five or lower. It's real sad. Oh out of ten, gosh. out of ten, yeah, out of ten. Okay, all right. I never do the five rating scale. I don't get it. Oh but... my gosh, are those like flying moths with scorpion tails? <laughs> this this should be a YouTube video. Eric reacts <laughs> to <laughs> Dominion. <laughs> no, it's also distracting to me. What what is the person called? The the one with the beautification, the human golem. Oh, uh, Chechi. Oh. Oh, it's Chechi. Filipino diaper boy. That's all, that's exactly where I was going. Look at that. Look at that. Sean read my mind. It's distracting to me that he, or I'm not sure if it's they rather than he or she, they they, they look very Filipino. Um, very. He is. It's distracting. Yeah, he is. I looked it up, of course, because uh, I was, I, the the before him well you can tell that there's makeup on his head right <laughs> it was really obvious that he was wearing like some sort of like Herman Munster headpiece or something but yeah sure. he is Filipino what, what's sad is that when you look him up on IMDB this is uh, the Binion is the first movie that is like listed which you know which means that everything else he was in I never heard of before well I think this was the first thing he did and he was like a singer like a French singer Oh, really? Yeah, Paul Schrader mentioned again. In the... It's weird, though, because he looks Filipino, but he also looks like John Leguizamo at the same time. Oh, I can kind of see that, yeah. John Leguizamo. I was going to mention, I finally figured out who the director was supposed Marin to be. now has lasagna on his face. Lasagna? Oh, yeah, on his face. <laughs> <laughs> With the CGI, like, scorpions and shit, and... Yeah, and then I thought, oh my gosh. It looks like Pizza It's the, the guy from the other movie. That's a space That doesn't break the rule of the Star Wars um, reference. May the Schwartz be with you. Oh, fuck that fucking movie. And I thought the hyenas looked funny in the beginning, and then they go to a whole nother level in Dominion. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't fully blame the movie for that because he said that the budget that they didn't have was to complete the special effects. So even though, and there's a scene with a cow eating one of those hyenas that looks just unbelievably bad it looks like something out of the star wars special editions yeah you know, that level of complete trash okay <laughs> that was just an attack the star air. wars special editions looked better than no 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 dominion no what? there's there's some scenes especially in the first one that look just as bad as that okay so hold on so you're on the record for the dominion has better cgi than the star wars special editions on par on par i don't know on par I don't buy it. I don't buy it. 
Uh, but it was John Frankenheimer who was originally supposed to make it, who uh, died right before it was produced. So, if you guys know that director. Oh, yeah. The Manchurian Candidate and Seconds. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was a quality director. I, I'm curious to see what he would have done with it rather than Paul Schrader, but... Probably would have had a much better ending than that completely, I don't know what, uh, lose his mind ending. But, but yeah, I, I don't think I have too much more to say about these movies except for neither one of them are any good, really. I never expected any of this. Either, well, no, I should say the beginning was more in line of what I expected this movie to look like or be like. But still. That's fair. I, on paper, the story seems interesting enough for either version on paper but in both i don't know it i don't think either is outright terrible hmm? i i think the beginning is outright terrible but i know that me and sean uh yeah oh. I, I really didn't enjoy no it. no no i don't think either is outright terrible but neither pulled me in at, at all in any way like the first three well, I think you should rewatch Dominion if you ever get the time, because I do think that at least for the first. Well, yeah, we would like to watch it with sound. I will say. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Stellan Skarsgård, I think he really does deliver a good performance in that first film. Um, I, I don't know what was going on with him in the second one. Maybe he was just doing it as a lark for money, <laughs> but. <laughs> in, and just to call out, he did previously work with Rennie Harlan. By the way, he worked in uh, Deep Blue Sea. Oh yay! We had that same kind of performance. Yeah. That's a good movie. I was looking at his filmography, the director, and I didn't really care for any of the movies on the list except for Cliffhanger. You should see Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea's fun. I may have seen it before, but I, I don't really remember too much. Except I think I laughed really hard. Wait, was the shark really big in that, or is that another shark movie? Sharks. There were sharks. Is it the one with Samuel Jackson? Yes. So I saw it, but I don't remember much about it's it. It's a fantastic little survival movie. I have a I have a friend who has a Deep Blue Sea podcast and I was on it. And oh, you mean like an episode, not, not the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like where they would watch like the, the movie in like eight minute, eight minute segments or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some There are some podcasts that are like one minute podcasts, like, you know, the first Star Wars Minute Podcast. I fucking don't get it. Yes, I think I, I saw something like that before. Star Wars. What was that podcast, Sean? Just for my notes here. Um, <laughs> it is, I have to look it up. Uh, let me look at my podcast app here. I would love to do that with a movie. As long as it's not Son of Godzilla, because I'd kill myself if we did a minute-by-minute minute podcast on that. Yes, we could do a minute-by-minute minute podcast on, on Son of Godzilla... And you could air the episodes in random order, and no one would ever be the wiser. I I, I would not do that. I I don't get those kind of podcasts either. It's it's really easy. It's called Deep Blue Sea the podcast, and in the description here, it says Deep Blue Sea is the greatest movie ever made about genetically modified sharks attempting to escape their aquatic prison. <laughs> is it though? Is it? I have to think about that. It's you know we, it's like. I heard somebody say in a podcast one time that The Human Centipede is the best movie you will ever see about a human centipede. And I absolutely agree. Um, and I am a, I'm on episode... Oh, it only has three ratings. I think I'm on episode three. I can't remember. See all episodes. Oh, my, wow, they're like 40 episodes. Yeah, wow. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Anyway. 
Uh, I guess should we, should we give some final thoughts on these, uh, I guess, two films? I, I don't know how to do this for this. I just finished watching Dominion. Well, I skipped through some parts because I kind of knew what was going to happen. You were just watching, though. You weren't listening. Yeah, looking at Dominion. Correct. I'm going to write to Paul Schrader and complain about that. <laughs> Paul's going to write into my podcast and complain, I'm sure. <laughs> can I wait? I don't know what he's doing these days. <laughs> can, we do, can we do a little game? Can we each rank the uh, five films in in our preferred order and how we prefer them? That, that was what I was going to do after uh, we give our final thoughts. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead and do, let's do your, of course. You are you are the boss. <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll start. Really, I don't think either of these movies are worth a damn. Uh, Paul Schrader uh, had some interesting ideas, and Caleb Carr's script apparently was good, but I don't think either movie served it correctly because uh, they both deal with Christ of Faith stuff, but neither one of them really do it in a satisfying way. Dominion somewhat better, but even, but by the end it's just crap. So. Yeah, and neither one are worth anything, so just don't watch them. Just watch the other three. Uh, I wouldn't say watch the other three, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, not a lot here. I would give them middling scores if we were giving them scores, like two and a half or three. Um, I totally disagree with you guys about Dominion versus the beginning. I think the beginning is a better film. Um I kind of agree with you on some things about Dominion, but you know what? If you're like a horror fan, totally check this shit out. I mean, it's, 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 you know, you could spend, there's worse ways to spend 116 minutes. Oh yeah. Well, more if you're going to watch both movies, but there's, there's schlockier, shittier stuff out there than this. Um, and I just looked up the exorcist, the TV show or this, on that TV show, the series, because we have series now, we don't have TV shows. Um, and that, I thought that might be about Marin, but it's not. It's about a whole other group of priests that are dealing with um, possessions among uh, families. Um, there's also a video game, a virtual reality game um, for Oculus 2, which I would be fascinated. I should check that out. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So. So. I, I can only properly rate, I think, um, the beginning. And I would give it a Pazuzu statue with a phallus at a downward 45 uh, degree angle. Um, a Pazuzu statue. With... Oh, I thought that was your rating. <laughs> that is my rating. <laughs> oh. So it's a limp dick, is what you're saying. Yes. But it's it's not... Pointing towards the core of the planet, it's at a 45 degree angle, which would be about, I'm giving it a one and a half. Um, and it was mainly just because it, it completely failed to engage me. And, I, and I, I gave it an effort, like the concepts that you all previously discussed. Um, but it was almost a two star or, or pointing um, wow. to the horizon uh, on the Pazuzu scale. Uh, but I will say, even though I don't feel like I can give it a proper rating yet, just based on watching it, I liked Dominion more, uh, despite the scene that looked wonky. Um, I don't know how terrible it really was. Maybe I need to watch it with sound to understand. Terrible. You mean the ending, right? <laughs> yes, the ending. Yeah, they don't, they've just, it's it, completely shit the bed. Despite that, I enjoyed viewing dominion more 
than the beginning. Um, but I wouldn't fault anyone for choosing the beginning over it. Oh, it's so confusing. Um, I'll just say, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, the beginning, uh, with critics, got a whopping 10%. With the audience, 27%. The consensus is um, a mediocre, gory horror film, nowhere near the quality of the 1973 original. Wow, that's... What do you mean you're not going to compare this to the fucking original? Yeah. It's almost 20 years... Yeah. Oh, God. That's just so... <laughs> I'm sorry. Like <laughs> Dominion prequel to The Exorcist. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes with the, with the critics. 25% with the audience. But wait a second. Did the audience like the other one more? The audience liked the beginning more than Dominion. But the critics definitely like Dominion more than the beginning. So the, the little blurb for... <laughs> By a smidge, I mean. <laughs> yeah, true. And then the little blurb for Dominion is, um, while director Schrader's attempt at a literate internal exposition on evil temptations and human sin is admirable, this prequel suffers from hit and miss psychological tension, poor visual effects, and weak writing. An overambitious failure of a horror movie. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. That's how I feel. What a great summary. <laughs> uh, and who calls the beginning gory? I mean, there was some blood in it. Yes, that you. If you want to see gory movies, I got some gory movies for you. I've got a movie where a bad guy actually kills a guy by grabbing the top and bottom of his mouth and pulling open his head. So if you want to talk about gory, don't, mm -mm, no, no, sir, or ma'am, or whatever you are. This is not gory. Yeah. I mean, Dead Alive had come out by this point. I mean, talk about gory. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, all right. Uh, but now that we're done with those two uh, pieces of not much of anything at all, uh, what would you guys think of the other three films in the, the franchise, or the Exorcist franchise overall? Okay, this is the part where I put them in some kind of order? You don't have to do that necessarily, but just your general thoughts on the... I will satisfy Sean, though. Satisfy me. But it'll also... <laughs> okay, now am I putting how I really... Because this, this comes up on Best Pictures sometimes. Where it's like how I personally feel, but then it's how if I objectively look at the movies and that doesn't always equal the same thing say whatever you want man i don't give a fuck um okay hold on talk amongst yourselves i'm still working this out okay rhode island is neither a road nor an island discuss would you like to go uh sean sure i know exactly what order okay first of all i don't really think of the exorcist as a franchise i mean i know that it technically is a franchise because there's five fucking movies you know so i mean I don't know how many movies you have to have. To have I would say three would make a franchise. And they all have Marin except for one. Yeah, and um, uh, but you know when you think of the Exorcist, you, you really don't think of the other four films. You, you, you think of the 1973 William Friedkin masterpiece. Okay, this isn't like Friday the Thirteenth where they've been making them over the decades and they've got different flavors. You know, Jason X is completely different, obviously, from the original. It's not. You know, it's not like one of the other horror franchises. I, I don't even think that it's the type of uh, a movie or the story that would make a good franchise. Because how many fucking people... I mean, 
well, I don't know. You see it with those movies that I just mentioned. People are just getting slashed left and right. So, but I, I've, can I can I put them in order? Sure. From best best to worst, the best obviously is the original, The Exorcist. Uh, there are things in that movie that I think I find I still find pretty creepy. It's not the scariest movie of all time that I've seen. I know some people think it is. I know it was very con- there was a lot of con- controversy controversy when it first came out. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's still a, a great movie. It's a, it's a great film either way you look at it, whether you think it's really scary or not. Even though people laughed at it when they revived it in the '90s uh, with all the the extra bonus footage. Um, uh, number two, uh, also a masterpiece, and it deserves uh, more recognition than it has gotten, but I think among horror fans it has gotten that recognition, is The Exorcist Part III. Um, th- it truly is a great, great horror movie with a lot of creepy things. I think it may be creepier than The Exorcist, actually. Number three for me is uh, The Beginning, The Exorcist, The Beginning, um, for all the reasons that we just talked about. And then Dominion, and then Piece of Dog Shit, Exorcist 2, which I just, I can't even laugh at it. It's so bad. It is so long-winded. It is ridiculous with the mind-melding machine. That, that's not ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. You know, it's, it's. No, no, it's ridiculous when you look at it with 2020 eyes or the year 2000 eyes. But if you look at it with 19, late 1970s or 1970s eyes, it makes perfect sense. We've, we've had this debate in here. In the neo of, of 70s psychological sci-fi slash horror psychological thriller, it makes sense in that context. Oh, no, no, no. I, 70s psychological. Watch Cuckoo's Nest. We will be watching that movie. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about... That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the genre I'm talking about. Cuckoo's Nest, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, Andromeda's Strain and Soylent Green and... Oh, that is not in that. That is not in that. Category. Yeah, that is the, the only the way the only play. And you know, I heard this on a podcast after we did our Exorcist Two podcast. Um, Monster Party is the name. Is that back in the uh, in the late seventies? People were all into getting into like uh, spiritualism and yes. and things like that. And in that yes. way, it probably appealed to a nineteen seventy seven audience. Yes, but that's, I don't that's even what think saying. it would appeal. I don't think even think it would appeal to a 1982 audience, though. I mean, that's how niche that picture is, and it's I, just not only it's just bad. It's bad. bad. It's terrible. I think the only reason the 82 audience wouldn't go for it is because of the, the the disco feel. I don't, but I don't think because of the subject. But it's not disco feel. <laughs> it has a disco. See, I said it has. A through and through disco aesthetic, not necessarily the music, but the aesthetic. hundred. Caleb, what the hell is he? What the hell is he talking? I'm I'm speechless. Get him to explain what he's talking. I don't know what he's talking about. Because because like scenes scenes with Regan in New York, it 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 calls back to yeah, the disco era, which it is of course. But then also like other things like Xanadu or or the Wiz or something. It has this. Oh, through and through oh my god! <laughs> oh no, Eric! I've never disagreed with you more. I mean, the most you can you can give me there is her silver birdhouses. Hold on, but the thing you guys are the thing you guys are disagreeing with is that it has a late seventies aesthetic 
when it drips with it, like in every possible way. I don't know how you can disagree with that. Oh yeah, because that's just an objective. Eric, have you ever have you ever seen have you ever seen the Disco Godfather? No, no. Let me write that down for my notes. <laughs> See, I think that that one captures the kind of appeal that you're talking about. Wait, hold on. Is this a guy who's into disco, who's like the Godfather disco, or is it like a remake of Coppola's Godfather, but with a disco aesthetic? No, that's that's the Black Godfather. <laughs> hold on. Let me write that one down. Black Godfather. The Black Godfather is just okay. It's fine for viewing. The Disco Godfather is a must-see movie as a piece of schlock, late 70s kind of garbage film starring one of the great Black Expectations. All I was saying is that it had a, a disco, late 70s aesthetic, and it completely does. I... Uh, if... Maybe the bad part of disco, like the bad trips, you know? <laughs> When people were done with the done with the drug scene in the seventies. For but. some reason, you guys are literally envisioning a discotheque and people dancing. I don't know why, because <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Well, that's because you said it's like disco. Like I'm talking about the disco era. I'm talking about the disco era. That well, disco you, era. you said okay, okay, okay. When I think of the disco era, I don't think of a weird, like, completely out of his mind priest wandering around Africa for hours. You know, I mean, I think of. Uh, I do I. That's why those were flashbacks. Like a city with some pulsing music, some good. Oh music. no, those, those weren't all flashbacks. Even Ennio Marconi was like on a bad trip with that movie with the weird, like, wailing. I don't know what was going on. That there. is a bad ass soundtrack, and it was funny because I was listening to it after the podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> I need another drink. I was listening to the soundtrack after we did our podcast, and then I just kept hearing the uh, 60s um, Batman theme every time I was like, Oh my god. And I was just like, Batman! How were you listening to the soundtrack? Did you did you buy the soundtrack? On Spotify. On Spotify. Okay. No, on Spotify. Okay. But I do want to buy that album pressing that I saw advertised. It's like, I don't know how Facebook reads your mind. Yeah, the vinyl. And it just, like, shows you what you're thinking. They install chips into you. Whenever you go for a checkup, the doctors uh, slip a chip in. Okay, my turn to order. <laughs> so if I go with my objective order for the franchise, my more objective mind. Oh, boy. What? What's, what's you, you, No, you're, you're saying that because if you say what you really feel, you know that we're going to jump on you like coyotes on a little black kid. Hyenas, yeah. <laughs> Hyenas on a little black kid, sorry. That was terrifying, by the way. I've never seen it. Anyway. I would put the original Exorcist at top. Then I'd put Legion. Then I'd put Heretic. And then I'd put Dominion. And then I'd put the beginning. But... Oh, excuse me, Legion. If I put them in the order... Yes. But if I put them in the order that I am apt to rewatch these films in the future, that's a different order. That would be Heretic first, <laughs> Legion second, the original Exorcist third, and then Dominion and then Beginning. And that is the order that I will revisit these movies in frequency going forward. Sean, I feel like with our Exorcist 2 episode, we created like a persecution <laughs> complex in Eric. He's got to latch on Exorcist 2 even more because we were uh, bashing him so much with it. Do you, do you know you know what would? I still don't think it's an objectively bad movie. I think it, it it just completely does not give the audience what they want, which I'll grant that all day every day. But I don't think it's an objectively bad movie. Other than the only the way they could make 
they could make that movie better for me is if someone just went off and made like an independent film of it, you know, without the big studio money behind it, because then it would be like ironically funny. Like no, a bad, see, funny movie. To me, some, some famously bad movies would be like, and that are legitimately bad, even though you can't goof on them for fun, but they're legitimately bad. It would be like the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry, or like the Green Lancer movie with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Deadpool. Those are objectively bad movies. Jonathan Show. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Those are objectively bad movies. Um, to me, like, Heretic is almost like Citizen Kane compared to Catwoman uh, with Halle Berry. <laughs> You jumped to Citizen Kane. I mean, I can't believe this. <laughs> oh my god! Go watch Catwoman and get back to me. Okay. And if you honestly think Heretic is worse than Catwoman, then you're high. They're both terrible in different ways. Okay, but one is a competent movie, at least the way it's produced and the way it's shot no, and no, no, filmed, no. and the other is is unexplainable um, in so many different facets. That's both. Both are unexplainable, no, bizarre oddities. No, you wonder how the studio no, released no, that them. Just... See, those are movies that you look at and you go, "Okay, where's James G. Robinson to say this is a practice movie?" You know. <laughs> Heretic does not seem like a practice movie to me. Like Catwoman, I can't even. Catwoman is like hard to. Oh my god, go watch it, anybody. I challenge you. It's it's from another. Oh, world. it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. As is. It's like a spaghetti too. western of like. Of, of like a superhero movie in a lot of ways what? <laughs> but it's spaghetti, spaghetti western in a bad sense not in the good sense not good the bad the ugly i'm talking about a poor spaghetti western movie i just i don't see the comparison in any way <laughs> the comparison the comparison is catwoman's supposed to be like a western movie meaning like american-made superhero movie but you can tell it was like all made in europe by europeans and you can and, and it's like it's the worst ADR ever the whole movie. So you think like they're speaking in Italian, but they're just dubbing in English. I'm telling you, the movie is a travesty. It's it's unreal. You can't you, you can't even. It's like a spoof of a spoof. I'm telling you, Catwoman's on another level. It in the Heretic. <laughs> Heretic's just a competent movie that again did not give oh. lovers of the original anything at all what they wanted. Which I I'm on the record oh for, for agreeing with that. Yeah, so I mean, my final summary mirrors you guys is pretty closely. I mean, oh, obviously yeah? the first Exorcist, not not yours, Eric, not your uh, personal <laughs> one, <laughs> but <laughs> but the first Exorcist is obviously the most um, cohesive film. Uh, I think there's some brilliant performances from Jason Miller and um, fuck Bernstein, Ellen Bernstein, and he, even Linda Blair. I think does a really good job in that film. Um, but I, I think I genuinely prefer Exorcist 3 just because I love the vibe of that movie. And George C. Scott just, mm -hmm. he just really resonates with me with that grumpy old cynical man. There's a cod in my bathtub. Yeah, I really like movies about old folks who are super bitter about the world. I don't know why that <laughs> is. <laughs> but, but I really enjoy that film and um, Brad Dourif. Oh, man. But those two movies kind of, you know, would, depending on which one I watched most recently, can kind of take the number one slot. But after that, it's just a big jumble of somewhat interesting crap, but still crap. You know, Dominion, there's a lot of really interesting stuff, but it doesn't quite work. But I'd probably put that in the third slot. And then, 
definitely the heretic I think is more interesting than the beginning not not because um, it's better than the beginning because I think the beginning is a more competently made movie it's just oh less gosh. interesting it's kind of a standard exorcist horror flick which feels the least because all the other exorcist movies are somewhat have some interesting ideas to them even if they don't entirely work the beginning to me just feels like a bland you know any schlock filmmaker could have made Wait, it which how I guess, is the heretic not competently made no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I understand if you would say it's not competently adapted, I'll accept that, but I mean, when you said made, I was thinking about the actual filmmaking process. Wait, adapted from what? The script. It's a fair question. I think it's the, I don't think the story holds together in any way that really is comprehensible. You have to constantly be forming an element. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Because when you said the way it was made, I was just thinking of the filmmaking process. And I thought as far as how it was actually shot and acted and, and uh, okay, there's some weird acting or direct choices in the performances. But I thought it was well made. It's just, yeah, okay, problems in the story, I'll accept that. I yeah, I don't think there's any sort of real narrative cohesion. I don't think the characters are well portrayed at all. I think there's some really terrible acting mm -hmm. in that movie. I think there's some okay acting. I was okay with the, the caretaker and her performance throughout the movie. <laughs> Susan? <laughs> you're latching on to? Why was that funny? That was Wait, are statement. we talking about Louise Fletcher or Sharon? One who came back from the first one. And then, yeah, like, Sharon. Okay. Sharon. You're pointing to Sharon. <laughs> I thought it was a good performance. Now, it, now you may be laughing. I'm not sure at the script she was given and the role to play, but I thought I'm saying she, I thought she did well with what she was supposed uh, to do. No impact, no impact at all. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, it's I definitely put that one above the beginning. I'm sorry, Sean. I just oh oh Caleb, no. It's just too bland. It's just too bland. <sighs> Fear the priest. Look at that. Now you brought the Pazuzu out of Sean. There you go. But yeah, no, I, overall, I just, I loved going through these movies. I'm always happy to watch the original Exorcist and The Exorcist 3. And I, and I enjoy Exorcist 2 as a bad movie, even if I, you know, still get pissed off that it was even greenlit or allowed to be released. Because I'm like, this is such, it cheapens the brand, Exorcist 2. No, I'm, n I'm never going to watch that ever again. Never. I, I, any of the others, of course, but not that one. Um, I remember even getting angry at it uh, while I was watching it while we were doing the podcast because I always play the, the, the disc in, in the background. Obviously not the, not the, not the sound. But, I just, oh, it's just... I mean, when we have the uh, moths oh. camera shot going through the village... Oh, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. What? I don't, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get Fanning it. myself with my hands right now. I've seen airport movies from that era that I think are much worse than Heretic. Hey, th there's those disaster movies are fun. Come yeah. On. Hey. Okay. What's the big idea? What, okay. what are you talking about there? Hey, Mister. <laughs> Didn't say they weren't fun. And uh, Towering Inferno. Oh, it's great. Earthquake. Steve McQueen in there. You know. I mean, okay. Yeah. I understand. Poseidon Adventure is the best one of the lot. I get it. But um, oh, it's pretty damn good. Uh, don't forget about Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, uh, but I'm uh, saying, what I'm one. saying is though, just like how he said they could be fun, I think the Heretic could be fun as well. Richard Vaughn falls out of a window. 
near the end, right when you think he's he's dead, dead. He's there was huge arguments on that movie about the poster and about um, which actor got to have top billing and second billing. There was like huge. Fred Astaire is in it. Uh, That was nominated for Best Picture. Maybe we'll watch it someday, Eric. Fascinating. Wait. Yeah. The sequel to a Poseidon Adventure. Oh yeah, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, it's it's a completely different group of people in a different part of the same ship. That's and another think, one that I think I saw the sequel before the original. Yeah, I I oh Jesus, it's not that it's not that bad. I, I, if, but you know what? I saw it like twenty five years ago, so the memory cheats. But I oh, think it has slim trademark copyright. Slim Pickens. Yes. <laughs> slim Pickens. I, slim Pickens. There we go. Is he riding a, a bunch of people that may or may not have been Columbo murderers, but yeah. Just like uh, I recently reviewed Escape from Witch Mountain, packed with Columbo murderers. Oh, really? It's filled with old grandpas. Like every single side character is like a <laughs> 75 year old man. Oh, uh, Green Acres guy, Eddie Arnold. Uh, Eddie Albert. Yeah, he's a Columbo murderer. Um, Donald Pleasance, of course, Columbo murderer. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Ray Meland. Is in there. <laughs> Grandpa's galore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Of course, Eric doesn't know what we're talking about because he's never seen Columbo. Although, Eric, there are two two Columbo murderers in Psycho, by the way. I should have you know. Oh, the, the first Psycho? Sean, I watched at least four or five of them in the late 80s, and I watched like the original first two on Netflix. Anyway, Janet Lee and the lady who played her sister, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Oh, I, weird. I don't remember her in Columbo. Hmm. She was our very first episode. She played the makeup like queen. Like She owned a oh, cosmetics company. Oh, yeah, that was a good and, one. And she kills Martin Sheen. Lovely But Lethal? Is that that yes, one? Yes, yes. Lovely But Lethal. That's it. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. She's still with... Vera Miles. Vera Miles. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. She's still with us, too. Yeah, makes no impression in Psycho, but she was good in that episode. Mm-hmm. The Janet Lee one is one of my favorites. She was she was great in Columbo. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it makes me want to go back and watch them all <laughs> over again. Oh, but anyway, I guess we should uh, finish this one out. Thanks, guys, for coming along this Exorcist journey here. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. I too. And I hope to join you again in another journey throughout another franchise, whether it be Psycho. Or Friday the 13th, or The oh, Omen, which I recently purchased the entire set in Blu-ray, and I have no reason to watch them whatsoever. Oh, that might be one. Or The Fly. Do you guys have much experience with The Fly? Yes. How many of those are there? Are there just like three? Um, no, I think there's six. What? What? I don't yeah, know about the... the six business. Oh, you got the originals, you mean? <laughs> yeah, there was, the, there was one in the okay, 50s, two in the 60s. Oh. I don't know, I guess just five. I actually like the 60s ones. I mean, especially the first one. The first one's my favorite fly film. It's been a long time, but I remember not liking it. But to be fair, that was like 15-year-old Sean. And I think that, you know, 40-year-old Sean would think differently. Sorry, that's uh, more bourbon. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. This is almost embarrassing to me to, to admit. But when I was a little kid, I had a big crush on Vincent Price. I don't know why. Looking back, I'm like, what What did I see that was appealing about him? But I just thought he was, like, the most attractive man. 
Did you? Wait, wait, wait. This is a whole. So, oh God, oh man. <laughs> wait, what, what did you say? How did you describe? How did you describe the grandpa characters showing up in Rich, Witch Mountain earlier, Caleb? <laughs> Grandpa's did you galore. Say Grandpa's galore. <laughs> Grandpa's galore. Because <laughs> I kept thinking of Grandpa's galore. Like porn.com, and I was just like imagining. Oh no! Like, oh, that's what I was imagining. <laughs> and then you start with the whole Vincent Price thing, and I see a theme. You know, it's funny we say that about Vincent Price because I actually my my dad was a huge Vincent Price fan, and like Fall of the House of Usher was one of his favorite movies, and I just remember Vincent Price. Oh, very good. Being such a fucking drama queen in that movie, like the noise, I can't. <laughs> and then <laughs> this is so, but. He is in a movie on Shudder, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's from the 70s, and it's him and some other well-known actor. They meet in the street, and then he takes them out to, like, a disco club, and it's an anthology film, and it's so... I can't believe it. It was, like, a Saturday or Sunday morning. I sat and watched the whole fucking thing without interruption. I couldn't believe it. But Vincent Price, back in the day, he had this thing uh, that he sold... He first of all he 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 had a famous he had an, a line of art that he sold at Sears. It was you know paintings by Vincent Price, and there, he I think he made commercials for him and stuff. But he uh, he had this thing called Vincent Price's Shrunken Head Kit, and oh <laughs> you could buy it. And what you would do is you'd get an apple, and then eat the apple or, or let the apple decay, and then put all the shrunken head stuff on it to look like an actual shrunken head. And I just thought that was so I could just hear him because I, I used to, like Vincent Price's shrunken heads. It reminds me of the kind of decrepit version of him in the 90s with, yeah, he was doing all those commercials and stuff. Just sad to see. For Agatha Christie's um, black leather book collection. And yeah, I, I he was he was cool. He really was cool. Like. It's like, and he was like, he thought he was English or something, but he wasn't. He was, he's from St. Louis. Yeah, what was that old, that old accent they would put on? Like transatlantic or something? Yes. He was rocking that all the way to his death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I have his cookbook. It's disgusting. Uh, i surprised well, he didn't die sooner. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so mean. Oh, poor bastard. By the way, he was in that episode, Lovely But Lethal, uh, that Columbo oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, right. and when he should have been a Columbo fucking murderer, please. The guy oh. was a, would be a perfect Columbo murderer. Yeah, I remember I wrote, wrote in at one point saying that he should have been playing like a mortician or something. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yes. I think I remember that. I think I remember that letter. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, uh, tune in next time, guys, for whatever else we cover. Who knows what, but... Yeah, any last uh, final words from you guys? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that we were still doing the show and I'm talking about I know. collateral <laughs> shit. No, don't worry. He leaves as a cut bits episode. Listen, listen to the Best Picture podcast and listen to Shit We Watch on Netflix and the Thousand and One Movies podcast. And check out Legend Channel Legendarium on YouTube. Nice. Yep. Peace.
So I put that in the memory bank, and then years and years ago, I'm sitting and watching The Simpsons with my mom, and there's a there's a I think it's Maggie or not Maggie Lisa and and uh, uh, Mrs. Simpson. What's her name? Marge. Marge Simpson. They're they're alone while the boys are out, and they find an old. They like oh let's play a board game, and they find Vincent Price's Egg Magic. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, poor Vincent Price. And it's like it's like from 1975, and they have to blow the dust off it, and they open it up, and they find out that there's not enough in there to make you know to find all the eggs. So they have to call a number. Hello, we don't have all the all the all the objects in the game to make Vince's prices. And you know they call him. It's it's Vincent Price leaving a message. Well, hello, this is Vincent Price. Thank you for buying Vincent Price's egg magic. I'm sorry, it's not funny when I tell it at all, but when you see it, it's... Yeah, it's, yeah. It, 